Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Cud Talk. This week, we are still in Ephesians. Uh, we wrapped up uh, chapter 4 on Sunday, March 5th. PK and I are going to discuss it. some good stuff in here. Um, we talk a little bit on the podcast, maybe something that you don't think about a ton, an aspect of the Trinity uh, being the Holy Spirit that maybe you don't often think about, but this this passage here directly uh, addresses it, as well as forgiveness and how important that is uh, in your relationships. Listen, we're really excited about this one. Let's get it started. PK, what's going on, brother? How's it going? Doing good, man. Doing good. Hey, listen, I uh, thanks for sharing the pulpit with me on Sunday. Greatly appreciate that. Thankful for the opportunity, mm-hmm. as always, to preach God's word. Hey, you did a great job. Oh, thanks. I love it. I love. I love being able. It's it's nice. <laughs> To be able to have someone. Does it feel <laughs> weird? Um, did you ever before, so you were there Sunday mm-hmm. uh, and I preached. Had you ever, like before just the last couple months, like set in on someone else preaching at your church? Like other than a revival? Not anything other than like revival or like the renewal weekend we did yeah. and you have somebody come in. Um, no, Is it's, it a it's little just, weird? It's a little different, but I, like I said, I, I don't like just to sit. So, like, being part of Praise Team this week yeah. was kind of cool. I enjoyed doing that. But it's a little awkward, but not because it's like, oh, I can't believe you're saying this or I would say <laughs> yeah. this. It's it's just each week as you're prepping to pour into people, mm-hmm. you have to take off that hat and then be like, okay, I'm receiving Oh yeah, that's a in good the congregation, point. not just point. giving. Yeah. And that's a different – it's just a different experience, and I love that, and that's why I enjoy – being able for you to be in the pulpit. Because, awesome. Cool. Well, I don't know if you're listening, maybe if your job, if you could imagine a uh, a subordinate doing your job one day, but yet you're still there. Usually they do it when you're on vacation, but imagine them doing it while you're there and just watching them. But you made a good point. The thing that's different about our jobs is like you're not called to observe. Like I do. I appreciate it when you critique me, um, and you never do. And I always say, Chris, <laughs> give, give, me, give me something I did wrong so I can learn and grow. Um, but you, you mentioned like you're not there just for that. Like you're there to absorb the word too, mm-hmm. and so that's good. Um, and so, hey, listen, I started off the message, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit today just to kind of be goofy but to let people get to know us a little bit. Uh, I started off the message with an analogy. Um, We were in Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 17 through 32, if you're listening, uh, where Paul tells the uh, church there at Ephesus, don't go back to living how you used to live. And he actually says, don't go back to living like the Gentiles. And there were some Gentiles in that church. And he's saying, hey, don't go back being your old self. Be the new creation in Christ. And he tells us how we come to new life. And he tells us kind of things to do once we do come to new life. And so I began the sermon with an illustration of transformation because we see that here. Hey, be transformed. Be different. Don't be like your old self. You've been made new. So why in the world would you want to go back? Um, and so I made the illustration of, uh, of two television shows that kind of dealt with drastic transformation. Uh, but they were popular then, and, and the two shows were The Biggest Loser and Extreme Home Makeover. But I guess I don't, I maybe don't watch as much TV as I used to or what, but like I don't see those shows really anymore, like transformation shows. Like those two specifically, I know one way. Yeah. And so it got me to thinking, though, man. What were your like favorite TV shows like in college or in high school? Like what 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 did Chris Shawen oh, dive man. into? Um, so um, growing up as a kid, my favorite show, and I probably nobody listening to this will ever remember this show, was Chips. 
I don't remember chips about the motorcycle police officers, California Highway Patrol, Ponch and John, baby. Legit. That's who I wanted to be. In I, don't, I don't remember. And that you don't, right. I, well, we're, we're going to watch it. That's <laughs> staff meeting later today. Um, that, Duke's a hazard because that's like everybody's favorite. But when I left high school, and high school, I was too busy to watch TV with ball and all that. But when I got to college, is when like wrestling took off again. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Monday Night Raw versus the WCW. It was just wrestling. It was crazy. So I, I, I do think like nowadays, like, and I don't want to date myself. Um, I'm 31, and so I graduated college uh, about 10 years ago, and it's crazy how much 10 years has changed. So, like, I remember on Thursday nights, and maybe this is inappropriate to say on a podcast. You'll have to forgive me. I am a (laughs) pastor, and uh, you'll have to forgive me for watching this show. But I remember on Thursday nights in college, man, we would all get together and watch Jersey Shore. Because yeah. it came out every Thursday, and so we would all gather around, and we would all watch Jersey Shore, and we would talk like them, and, you know, the boys in South Carolina <laughs> would talk like New Jersey boys, Just and it was a lot of fun. But I don't know, do kid, I don't think kids even, like, because there's so many more forms of entertainment, yeah. um, and it's instant entertainment. Like, we would watch a show on Thursday, and then be like, man, we got to wait till next Thursday yes. to dive back into that, and now it's almost like instant uh, something comes out like on Netflix, for example. If something comes out, you get the whole season in day one. You, you can watch binge a whole. There was se- no binge. Yeah, watching. there was no binging. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of cool because it built anticipation. But yeah. once again, forgive me for watching yeah. Jersey Shore. But uh, we would, and <laughs> and I and I uh, I think it's just different now for it kids. Is. But that was like a real community type feeling sure. of hey, it's Thursday, man. It's Thursday. Cavs are here. Um, did you ever watch Jersey Shore? That was uh, probably a that few was probably episodes. A no, older. but like when I was in college, yeah. all the girls would get together in the rooms because that's when Dawson's Creek was real oh, popular. Yeah. Or nine oh two one oh. I mean, I'm dating myself, forty seven. But they were like serious watch parties for that. But um we just I don't know. There wasn't <laughs> a lot of guy shows. For us, yeah. it was wrestling and, yeah. and, and, you know, sports. That yeah, was I'm not so, sure Jersey Shore, it was probably, some of my friends are probably like, don't mention that don't, I was don't there Don't tell for us that, that we were there. Um, yeah. But yeah. we did. Yeah. But anyway, man, some good stuff this week um, in Ephesians 4. And when we were discussing it, um, I, I was re-watching the sermon, and I preached a good little bit on Sunday, longer than I usually do. But I think, uh, I hope that if you were there listening, um, or if you listen to this now and go back and listen, I hope that you felt like the uh, the topics were addressed that were in the text. And so when we came to questions, I said, hey, um, and this is kind of what we want the podcast to be. Um, we want this to kind of be, for example, this weekend, we, what we want this podcast to be. Uh, this weekend, our youth at CUD are going to have their D now. Um, and really on any youth retreat, how I kind of like to schedule things is there's a large group session, which is like what we have on Sunday mornings, music, preaching, um, worshiping, and then right immediately following, we have small group sessions, which talk about what we learned in large group. And I think that's so good because you get a debrief, you get to have conversations, uh, you get to ask questions, you get to think, okay, how can we take what he said and put it into practice, Right. Uh, the preacher should give you practical things to do, but then on a small group level, you should be able to talk about it more in depth about, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And so for this podcast, we kind of want to make that uh, this platform. Yes, we want to address issues that we didn't get to quite address during the sermon, but also we want this to benefit you as the listener, not just in knowledge, uh, but we want this to kind of be a small group time. and We want to pose questions that you think about uh, that you can change, that you can do, that will spark something in you that maybe we didn't get to do during the sermon. Um, and so the first one that you kind of brought up, <clears throat> um, I gave an analogy 
Uh, when I was talking about the new life in Christ, my points Sunday were old life in Christ, which is verses 17 um, through 20, I believe, or th- 17 through 19. Um, and then new life in Christ, Paul addresses in 20 through 24. And then 25 through 32, he kind of gives us a new way of living. Um, and so... Um, and when I started talking about new life in Christ in verses 20 through 24, uh, Paul uses a phrase here that he hadn't used before and never used again when he says that you were taught in him. And some translations say you were taught by him, this new way of life. You were taught in Jesus or you were taught by Jesus. And he's being real relational here. Um, and he's saying, hey, um, you know, you know Jesus not because of facts about him. You know him because you have a personal relationship with him. And I used an analogy of me and my wife, how when I first started dating her or or saw her way before I even dated her, I asked her friends about her. And then at some point I got kind of fed up with that and I had to (laughs) actually go talk to her, the main source. Um, And you said, man, I think we really need to dive into that because I think people struggle with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do. And the reason I thought that illustration was so so good and, and to the point was that as you talked about kind of the entry level I'm getting to know who she is and and I kind of just know her schedule you're you're at a distance from there and as you become a little more interested you you reached out to little things that were closer to her and then the friends give me an idea hey what's she like you know those kinds of things but then the point that I thought was really the the big powerful point was is when you just simply said I just kind of got tired of hearing what everybody else was saying and what I knew from everybody else and I wanted to know myself and I think that's a real critical point, and we don't have to belabor it a long time, but I think that a lot of people get stuck right there, is they know what people are saying about Jesus, and, and, they, and they, they start to think, you know what, I want to know this personally. But I think sometimes there are some things that just get in the way of that, um, of going to that next step. Because in a relationship with Christ, as is it a relationship with somebody, it's commitment. There is a commitment there. And I think back, if I'm a college guy and I was pursuing a girl, the last possible step was I had fear in my heart of taking that next step to make, to, to say, Hey, look, I'm going to ask you out or I want to take this relationship to another level because of maybe sometimes we feel undervalued. We are afraid that person can be like, Hey, no, thanks. And I think sometimes with, 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 with a lot of people do that with Christ because I think you mentioned something there. You said commitment. I think a lot of times, we are afraid of the, or we don't want, not afraid necessarily, but we mm-hmm. don't want the commitment that it takes to follow Christ. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something there, and it reminded me of another illustration. Um, I was listening to a podcast. Um, it's a pretty popular podcast. It's by a guy named Dr. John Deloney, um, and he's just a marriage and parent psychologist, counselor, uh, probably be a better word. Um, and he takes these call-ins, and, and they mention stuff to him, and he tries to help them, right, in 15 to 20 minutes. It's obviously not a sit-down sure. conversation. That yeah. he, he doesn't put a microphone in his office. So, uh, But anyway, it's really good stuff for me, especially as a pastor, to, to kind of uh, – we have to counsel every now and then, and so it kind of helps me out, but it also helps as a dad and a husband. Uh, but anyway, sidetrack to that. Uh, it's a very popular podcast, and, and he was mentioning one day – um, about kind of the society we live in now that we have direct as- access to so many people, including him. And he was like, so many of you all listen to me. And he was like, we get very personal on this show. And I'm very appreciative of all of you listeners. He said, but I was in the airport the other day and I was using the restroom in the airport and a fan came up to me in the restroom and just started talking to me 
while I was using the restroom, and he was like, man, I don't know you. <laughs> like, 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 I know yeah. you think we have this kind of relationship because you have this relationship with me, but I don't have it with right. you. And the thing is, he was learning about John Deloney through a podcast. He didn't actually know him. He right. knew he knew of him. He felt like he knew him. And I think so many times Christians and churchgoers and and I'm not saying question your salvation, but question how well do you know Jesus? We substitute actually knowing him, right? And so like we think we know Jesus. Right. We think we are um passionate about him, but when we look at it, we're really just passionate about maybe coming to church or listening to certain pastors mm-hmm. or getting a motivational word or listening to uplifting music. Um, once again, I said this on Sunday, none of those things are bad, but examine your life. Do you really know Jesus or are you like mm-hmm. that guy in the bathroom that doesn't know him? Yeah. You, you think you know him, but he's like, man, I don't really know you. I know yeah. you feel like you know me, but I don't know you. So don't. I don't want us to be fooled in thinking we really know Jesus. And so I do want to mention, um, and I touched on this a little bit Sunday, you say, okay, Jonathan, well, you said don't do all these things, and I didn't say that, but you said don't substitute um, these things for Jesus. How do I How do I know this? How can I How can I kind of scale this? And one thing I would say is look at your life, and, and this was mentioned to me uh, a couple years ago. Um, think about what you quote most often, uh, whether in relationships with one another, with uh, with maybe you're a teacher and you do it with your friends or your coworkers or your students or wherever you work. Um, if you're quoting things to people <clears throat> or you're typing them out and put them on social media, just ask yourself a simple question. And this is just one simple identifier. I think there's multiple others, but for time's sake, I'll just mention one. Um, ask yourself, who do I quote more often? Do I quote podcast pastors, preachers, speakers, or do I quote the Bible? Right. right. That's a great question to ask. Am I more memorizing and meditating and people's words about God register more with me than the word of God? Like I think even this podcast, like we want this to benefit you mm-hmm. as a pastor. I want my teaching to benefit you, but I want it to spark you on and not satisfy right. you. Right. I want right. it to be a catalyst, not a not a finished satisfying product. Sure, sure. I want the when you leave the the church on Sunday, I want you to be motivated to then go read God's word. And so I say all that to say that's a good identifier in your own life, just what a simple one to say, okay, am I kind of getting off way here and substituting Jesus with something else? Yeah. And then I want to talk about what can I and how can I make sure I'm not substituting? How do I get the real thing? I think, you know, and you're going to say, Jonathan, we already know this, but I really want you to think this is the real thing. This is how we get Jesus. Number one, you read his word, right? Right. You read God's word. You hear preachers teach God's words. You hear songs and music teach God's word. We need to actually read God's word and, and feel it. And um, I've just been a proponent of this the past couple of years. Journal it, right? Yes. Um, that is a great way to memorize it. In James chapter 1, uh, verses 19 uh, through 25, uh, the author, James, he, he mentions doing these things of memorizing Scripture, doing what Scripture says, reading it humbly and confessing away sin. We have to connect with God's Word in order to have a relationship with Jesus. Because what that does, it teaches us about him and his standard and his grace and his mercy and his character. We learn about him by him, as Paul mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4. Number two, 
Um, this is a two-way relationship. You need to pray to him. And when I say pray to him, uh, pray continuously, as Paul tells us, but also pray as Jesus teaches in Matthew um, chapter 6 when uh, in the Lord's Prayer. We pray humbly, right? When we come to God in prayer, we are saying, God, you are sovereign. I don't know how to handle this situation. I need you to. God, I praise you for who you are. Something really good is going on in life. I want to tell you about that. One thing with my relationships, um, I can't wait to tell people certain things. And sometimes I have to remind myself, like, hey, it's 930. Maybe I shouldn't call somebody. <laughs> um, because, right, I can't right. wait to share things with people. I'm very, I, I love praising people. I love telling people about situations. I love telling people funny stories. Right. Same thing with God. We should praise him. We should have a relationship with Jesus that when things good happen, when good things happen in our lives, we come to him. We praise him for that. And so really two things um, that you that you can do to really not substitute Jesus, where those other things can become even more beneficial is when you spend time in his word and pray. Then the preaching. Man, that could really stir up something that makes you want to read more. You could have been reading that, and you're like, man, that affirms what I've been praying, or that goes along. It's it, it's an addition. It's not a substitute, right? We would never, um, well, I was thinking of an illustration. I, I couldn't come up with a good one. But we, <laughs> we, we don't want to substitute Jesus. We, yeah. wanna, we want to have things in our lives that benefit that relationship, but we don't want to substitute that. Um. Next thing we got, um, in this scripture, in this passage, um, and you'll have to help me out with the verse. I don't have it off the top sure. of my head here. But um, Paul mentions, he goes on to New Living, and he tells the Ephesian church um, uh, kind of some attitudes and, and, and attributes and things they should be doing, actions they should be doing, attributes they should be having. Um, to, in their new life in Christ. Um, and in, let me see here, in verse 27, I believe, you're going to have to tell me out here, where, where does it say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit? Go to 30. 30. 30. Okay, 30, it's yeah. all the way down. Yes, yes it's at the very beginning of 30. Sorry. Uh, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When I read this, um, I think as a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I don't know if it's a Baptist thing or a cultural thing, but we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. I think people are sometimes... So we have the idea of a creator. We can fathom that, right? We have the idea of a savior, of, of God in, in man form, right? And we can see God in creation as a creator of something. But it's hard for us to fathom like a spirit, like a Holy yeah. Spirit, like somebody that's moving around fluently, that Jesus tells us, hey, your helper is going to come. I have to go so this person can come. And so we don't talk about him a ton, I think, because two things. One, we don't comprehend it well enough, and we haven't studied it well enough as a, a church. Uh, but also, too, that can be intimidating, right? To Absolutely. Know. Um, but but he says here, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Number one, I just want to ask you, what does that mean? I, I, it's just disobedience to me. It's disobedience of of who we're called to be, our action. Um, Let me pause there. Let me pause there because I do want to ask how do we do it, and that does go into how. Um, But I do want us to think about what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit. And when I was studying for this, I didn't talk about this Sunday morning. And sorry, I didn't mean to ask you a question and then answer it myself. I'm sorry. But I want you to go down the path you were about to go down on just a second. Um, But in studying, um, we often, as I mentioned, we kind of don't, 
study the Holy Spirit a lot. Um, when we see the Holy Spirit, we often see it in forms of physical beings. So, for example, when Jesus was baptized and he was brought out of the water uh, in Matthew chapter 3, uh, a dove descended upon him in the form of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit <laughs> is a person. It is a right. part of the Godhead three in one, right? It is a person of the Trinity. And so when I when when Paul tells us here, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit becomes a person, right? And right. we see that it is equal, that it is a part of the Trinity, um, because Paul credits that to the Holy Spirit right here. And so to not grieve him, um, we see many times, uh, I say many times, there's very few times, I apologize, that God is grieved, that God becomes mm. grieved. Um, we see it uh, with Noah. Um, he becomes deeply grieved um, at the actions of people of in people, the world. Right. Um, but then we see here, Paul mentions, hey, we can even grieve the Holy Spirit. And so that's kind of what that means. When you hear that, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, you say, okay, now I don't know what that means. I, I make the Holy Spirit deeply saddened, right. just like God. And so how how do we do that? <laughs> like, and I, and I say, how do we do that? So like, if I was to say, how do you make your mom mad? You want to know those things so you can avoid those <laughs> avoid things. Avoid those right? things, right? Like, how, how do I make my wife upset? Exactly. Like, I want to know those things so I don't do them. It would be yeah. bad for me not to know those things. So I want to discuss a little bit, how do we, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Yeah, and I, I do, and I think it goes back to, when you have Jesus as the tangible person of God, and we, we say, okay, well, Jesus has taught this very clearly. These are his commands. We need to obey his teaching. That's much easier for us to, to say, oh, well, this is what Jesus taught. I'm not doing that. And so that's just real easy to touch. But again, to the Spirit, a lot of it is, is, is experience. A lot of it is external things that people have taught or observed about the Spirit um, in maybe – the way it was manifested in a service that they went to or something different that way. And they get this real kind of different view of, of the spirit. But when you're talking about grieving the Holy spirit in, in this manner, um, again, a person of the Trinity. And, and, and so as our lives are, we're being called in this new life in Christ to reflect Christ, to live as Christ and obedience becomes that. And any part of our disobedience causes us to grieve the spirit when we're living contrary to this new life we're called to live. And it's not just whether we're doing or not doing what we feel led to do, but in who we are as husbands, as, as fathers, as, as leaders in the church, when we're operating out of a spirit of disobedience, we're grieving the spirit. And, and so it's, it's, it's a, a very... Um, it's just, again, one of the things we don't talk a lot about because I don't know how comfortable people are talking about the Spirit because of their experience with it. And so I think that, that again, in any area of disobedience, any place of unrighteousness, any unconfessed sin that resides in our life while we're trying to pursue this real relationship with Christ grieves the Spirit. Yeah, he could have easily said, like, don't grieve the Lord. And right. It would be the same thing, or don't grieve yes. Jesus. Yes. But he does say Holy Spirit, and so that's why I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted people to think, hey, what does that mean? Is that any different? Yeah. And it's really not. Uh, but I do think it does give us the the idea that the Spirit mm. is. Uh, it reminds us that the yeah. Spirit is uh, equal part of the Trinity, and we can grieve Him um, by living in unrighteous ways. Um, and so, <clears throat> uh, lastly, um, and once again, I didn't address that Sunday, but I think that was good. Uh, lastly, um, he Paul gives all these attributes, and he's honestly we can tell throughout the letter that. Um, 
I don't want to assume things, but you can assume based on just eth- uh, ethnicity alone of Jewish and Gentiles, mm-hmm. right, that this church, they're either having problems or Paul knows it's coming, it's coming right? right? So he's trying to unify yeah. them throughout this letter. Um, and so from in, in the seven verses, 25 to 32, uh, um, he actually, or sorry, in the uh, eight verses, um he says, hey, you know, uh, don't be angry, be honest, or be angry and do not sin, be honest, um, use language that builds one another up. He's trying to build them mm-hmm. up as a community. He's trying to give them these uh, actions that are going to help them as a community. And, um, and in verse 32, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And so one thing, you know, as a small group, if, if, we were, if we're going to treat this podcast like a small group, and we want to, listeners, hone on in here. You, you're, you're a part of this group. Um, one thing I would say if I was in a small group, hey, who, who do you need to forgive right, right now? Um, who personally in your life do you need to forgive? Um, and then what we would probably talk about is how do I do that and what does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say this. God <clears throat> wants the local church to be a unified body. And if there's any animosity towards someone, God wants that to be taken care of. Because you, listener, you know as well as I do, animosity, nothing good ever comes from it. We right. either blow up one day uh, and go off on them, or we never go off on them, and then this uh, anger just brews in us, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for the church. And so let me encourage you, if there's anyone in your life right now that you need to forgive, reach out, forgive them. Maybe you say, hey, this isn't a kind of relationship where I can do that. Because I think there is a difference in forgiveness and putting yourself in danger, right? Sure. And, or maybe there, there's a forgiveness has let me say this forgiveness has more to do with you than who you need to forgive mm-hmm. forgiveness is an attitude in your heart now maybe there is somebody that 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 has personally wronged you and maybe you've done it back and you just need to tell them man look this, let's squash this let's forgive each other of this we are not going to be able to move along in the things we talked about last week in unity and in our mission until we can forgive one another absolutely and I think one of the things we have to keep in mind here is what is the motivation of our forgiveness? Um, if we're just forgiving to ease a conscience, that's really not forgiveness in its purest sense. Because if, if all that we're doing is the body, the unity of the body here, it's not about the Jew, it's not about the Gentile, it's about the kingdom of God. And if you and I as believers in Christ cannot be kind and compassionate towards one another, not because we're just trying to heal a relationship, but because our relationship communicates something about the kingdom. So I'm not just coming to you and say, I'm sorry because I feel bad about this. But as a brother in Christ, I'm coming to you and I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness or I'm giving forgiveness. And here we're talking about giving forgiveness. He said, forgive people. That's on us, when, when, you know. And so we give forgiveness and we forgive because there's something greater. It's, it's not just about, it is about healing in our relationship, but it's also about the kingdom. It communicates something. And you can't have, like you said, animosity in the body. Well, I think forgiveness is a product. It's a, it only comes from humility. Mm-hmm. It's a byproduct of humility. Um, 
I have a situation in my life right now, not in my life, but a in someone else's life that has come to me, and they said, excuse me, my nose itched. Um, and they this person came to me and said, hey, my son is dealing with something at work where his employer is just being very unfair to him. Uh, and this person who I was a pastor, and they said, could you just help me out and find some scriptures about fairness um, and about <laughs> and about that he could go to this employer mm-hmm. with or that he could honestly think about himself and think, okay, it's going to be fair, it's going to be equal. Well, um, I thought about it, and I went back to the mother of this person. I said, hey, listen, um, you really don't find that in God's <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. um, because, and not because God is an unfair God, but he almost teaches the opposite, mm-hmm. right? It's not very fair um, to turn the other cheek. It's not very fair that if somebody asks you for a shirt, you give them their ja- your jacket <laughs> right. too, right? It's not very fair to forgive, yeah. right? That's not a very fair, quote-unquote, thing to do, right? It's a very yeah. – uh, fairness yeah. often stems from pride. Uh, yes. Right? You uh, Eye for an eye. Yes. Like, you hit me, okay, I got to get you back because my pride's been hurt. When you right. come to forgive somebody – that is that is coming from a very humble place. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading a book lately uh, by Chuck Swindoll, um, and he talks about humility. And I'm sure many of you have heard this, uh, that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less, less right? right? Yeah. And so when you think about forgiving someone, you don't think, well, I'm going to forgive them, but what do I get out of this? Right. right? That's a prideful mentality. You think, I'm going to forgive them for the benefit of them. It's not because I think I'm less of a human and what they did to me wasn't wrong. I'm not going to justify their actions as being right, right but I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to hang on to their actions. Right. I'm not going to gonna let animosity build up in me because of their actions. Mm. Yeah, and I think, and it's so critical, again, that, the, the the view is off of self. And we, we kind of justify this in ways like, well, I'm going to be the bigger person. And that's still the wrong motivation. Um, you know, our, our relationships as a reflecting of the kingdom, Paul knows, that's why he's telling them, there's going to be stuff happen here, right? There, you, this is, there's a reason he says be kind and compassionate, not as a suggestion because it has to be there. Or this, these, these relationships, this is not going to work. You're not going to be able to be unified without these things in place. You just can't do it. Um, so it can't be about you. And that's, I think, a lot of what he's talking about in forgiveness and compassion and kindness is to be reminded that none of this is about either of you. This is about God. This is about Christ and who he is in your life. And, and I think that that's a struggle for a lot of us today in forgiveness yep. because we want to feel that 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 justification that that I did the right thing or it's you know it was fair to me now I feel that and so it's there and it's going to be a challenge yeah well hey thanks for listening uh today if you are going through a season of life that you look back and you say man I really do need Jesus I need that personal relationship with him I've been kind of substituting with him uh, substituting him uh with some things um I just want to encourage you uh, pick up God's Word. Start reading it. Read small sections. Just digest one passage. Digest one paragraph. Um, and because the forgiveness that we just talked about can't come unless it stems from a relationship with Him. Um, and so thank you for listening to Cud Talk today. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>